to Luke chapter 18, verse 15. The title of this morning's message is A Kingdom of Kids. A Kingdom of Kids. Part of our Words in Red series. And we're happy to have our kids ministry with us here this morning. Kingdom Kids. And we're all going to talk together what does it mean to be a child of God. What does it mean to be a kingdom of God's children, a kingdom of kids. But uh, there was a little boy <clears throat> who was so engrossed in drawing that his mother finally asked him, what was he drawing? She, she just noticed he wouldn't ever come out of his room all night long, and he was uh, in there. She found out he was drawing, and she said, what, son, what are you drawing? He says, God. And she says, well, nobody's ever seen God. Well, they will now. Uh, another little, little time later, two children were um, walking home after Sunday school, and uh, one of the boys turned to the other, and they had such a good time. He said, you know, I think I'm going to be a Sunday school teacher when I grow up, because I really like the hours. Uh, <clears throat> we know that that's not true for all of our Sunday school teachers. And lastly, a mother and daughter walked out of church one Sunday. The mother said, man, that was a really nice service, wasn't it? I really like the soft piano during prayer time. The little girl turned and asked her mother, she said, was that the piano? Yes, the mother nodded. Oh, I thought God had just put us on hold. <laughs> what is it about kids that make life a little better? Uh, you get to be around, I'm not, a, I'm not, thank the Lord for our kids workers because that's not my gifting nor calling. But, what is it about kids? You know, I'm a new father, and you just see them, and you look at them, and the way they look at the world, and it's like they, they see that caterpillar for the first time, or they look at the clouds, or they just enjoy life. Uh, and it's always funner, it's more simpler, and you look back, and you're like, man, you kind of want some of that. It's good to have that rub off on you, and the people that are most like kids, it seems like most people like to be around, those that cut up, and they're, they're fun, and they just have that joy about them. And so, what is it about kids that make the world seem a bigger, funner, and better place? Let's look at Luke 18, verse 15. They were bringing their babies, some of you might say it says children, to him, and so that he would touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they began rebuking him. But Jesus called for them, saying, Permit the children to come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And here's our key verse for today. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you today. Lord, I am nothing apart from you. God, I pray, Lord, over the next few moments, God, you'd anoint us to hear what you, your spirit, your word is speaking, God. I pray you'd anoint me to speak only what you have for me to speak. God, I pray, Lord, today that we would have a sense of what it means to have a father who is up in heaven. God, what it means to be a child after your heart, to be born again after you. Lord, to have the Spirit of God living within us, a new type of DNA, God, inside of us. Lord, that you would just move on us to be humble and obedient children after your Son, Jesus Christ. And somebody said, Amen. 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 In the background of this situation, we know that... Uh, in the ancient world, the children were the least of the least. If there was a social scale, children and slaves would be at the bottom. 
And it's just something we really can't comprehend today because we love our kids and, and we kind of put them first. And if you tell my kid to be quiet, then I'm all over you. But, uh, you know, it's, it, and, uh, it's not like, wasn't like that in the ancient world. The children literally were put aside, put away. And that's not to say that they weren't important because parents really prayed for kids, and they really prayed for young men, and they gave them a special name. They gave them a name that meant something. When we uh, named uh, uh, Ariana, we chose a spiritual name for her. It means holy one. Uh, we want, I wanted something to speak over her life, and her middle name is Catriel. Uh, it means one whose crown is God, that God would be the prized thing in her life. Uh, and so I prayed that over her even before she was born, and that was something that they did back in the ancient days. So it was something that that child would come and they would uh, be the inheritance and the parents would leave an inheritance for them, that legacy. They would take over the estate. But at the same time, children couldn't, uh, weren't really spoken. Uh, they were quiet. They had to uh, serve on the family farm or the family estate and do their part. And parents can say amen to that. You know, uh, that's kind of how it was. And so here... Even though it was normal, like we have baby dedications, it was normal for kids, uh, the parents, to find a, an awesome teacher, a rabbi, and say, would you bless my child with a long and prosperous life? And the rabbi would lay his hands on him and pray for him. This is what the parents were trying to do. But Jesus, you mean, you know, the disciples are there. They've just come off of a long hitch. Uh, it's been a, a, a busy week. Jesus is tired. We haven't eaten a whole lot. And so the disciples are thinking, these kids, they really, they're not going to understand what Jesus is saying, one. He's a little deep for them. That's what they're thinking. You know, he's bringing out the exegetical studies and the commentaries, and he's really expounding on the Word today. So, you know, let, don't let them bother him. He's trying to preach. He's tired. And so they're pushing him away. At the same time, these disciples are with these Pharisees, and the Pharisees are listening. Here's these proud Pharisees. They think they're all that, that they know the Word almost as good as Jesus, if not better, trying to catch him in a trap. And these disciples are saying, well, well, there's the proud Pharisees, and here's these kids coming. I'm I'm Jesus' bodyguard. I'm in his special circle. I'm the elite of the elite. Even though I'm a humble fisherman, look at him. He chose me out of all these people. Isn't I awesome? You know? And so he... The disciples are, you just kind of, here's the situation that's going on here. You've got to get the background. Pharisees are prideful, puffed up. But at the same time, the disciples are getting puffed up about their special little position. And so Jesus wants to teach them all a lesson. He wants to show them, hey, you guys are missing the mark here. And in some, what he really is trying to say, he's saying, children don't need to be like you. You need to be like children. Children don't need to be like you. You need to be like children. Only those who are kid enough to follow him, to obey him, and rely on him will be in his kingdom. We're going to break it out that way this morning. We're going to, he says, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God, what it means to be a child, and what it means to receive it. And so the first part is the kingdom of God. Let's talk about the kingdom. Everybody believed there was a kingdom of God coming. They believed that in the last days, God would descend from heaven, much like we do today. God would descend from heaven, and the archangel, and all this stuff, and there'd be a king would come. And they were looking forward to an anticipation. But what does that really mean? There are three things uh, you can look at today about this kingdom. This kingdom. It talks about, number one, the realm of the king. Number one, it meant that there was a domain of the king, the space that he would occupy, the, the authority that he would have over that space, that domain, that dominion, that realm. 
And number two, it meant there was an authority, the reign of the king, the, the authority of the king. So you got the realm, the things that he is in charge of. Then you've got the reign, his, his existence as king, his authority, his power, uh, his words as king, and what he says. And then you've got the relationship, the people that are in his kingdom. And all of this is what Jesus says. He comes preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. The Bible says that his message is when he went from city, from city he said, repent for the kingdom of God is here. It's come. Believe in this good news. And so he's saying, number one, the authority of the king is here. Number two, the king's space of dominion has come to this place. Now he's in control. He's in authority. This place is now owned. It's like when we went to the moon, we put the flag on it, thinking we own the moon, right? Jesus comes into the place, and he puts the flag of God there, and he says, this space is mine. Demons, you have to flee. Light comes and takes out the darkness. That's the kingdom of God. Amen? And then he says, now, if you want to be a citizen of the kingdom, now just come on in. And so when Jesus comes, this is what he is speaking, and people are anticipating the kingdom. The heavens have come down to earth. Now, they're looking for this big signs and wonders, but it wouldn't come like they thought it was coming in the Spirit first, right? It wasn't coming in the physical like they thought it would, like it's going to at the end times, but it was coming together first in Spirit. Jesus says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. This Son, this Jesus, He's come. The angel has declared He would reign forever. His kingdom would have no end. You know, God desired a kingdom from the very beginning. In the Old Testament, He, he said that, it would be, that God would establish His kingdom through Abraham. There would be a nation, a, many nation, a, a nation so large that it would be as numerous as the stars. But only that God wanted His nation to be full of His children. He wanted His nation to be full of His children, and He actually calls Israel His firstborn son. In the Old Testament, in Exodus, He calls Israel my child, my firstborn, my son. And He was always interested in delivering His child, His children. And so He sends Jesus. Fast forward to the New Testament, John eleven fifty two 52 says that He sent Jesus to gather together into one the children of God who were scattered. It wouldn't happen the way they thought. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received Him, Jesus, to Him He gave the right to become children of God. Even those who to believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The will of God. Jesus comes to the earth. He says, I'm bringing fulfillment to this kingdom thing. You don't understand it. You don't see it. You're looking for other things. You're, you're so busy doing your own thing. The Pharisees had their own plan, their own agenda. Even the disciples thought they had it all figured out. Even the world, everyone's being married and giving in marriage and doing all the things they want. They want this big kingdom to come. But at the same time, they're going about their own kingdom. At the same time, we can speak religious things and we can say, God, we're looking for the rapture. God, we want Jesus to come to our city. God, we want to do all these things. But just like them, at the same time, we can be looking for a heavenly kingdom, but not even know it. We, we could be looking all around. We're looking all around. We're, doing our, we're going to the movies. We're mowing our grass. We're taking our kids to ball practice. We're eating dinner. We're trying to figure out our 401k situation. We're worried about the stock market. We're worried about what the nations are doing and what our, who's the next president and all these things. We're so immersed in this kingdom here that we miss when, came, when heaven comes down. And it's the same thing. Jesus is saying, if you don't get it like a child, you won't get it at all. 
If you don't see me the way a child would see me, if you don't understand what your heavenly Father is doing like a child understands what their Father is doing, you won't get it at all. You have to believe in this, believe in me as a child, and then become a a children of God. He says, not born of your will or the will of flesh or anybody else's will, but of God's will. The kingdom of God. If whoever does not receive this kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. How many Christians assume, just like the Pharisees, that they'll be a part of God's kingdom when He returns, but are too wrapped up in their own, their own affairs thinking this religion will save them? What does it mean to be a child of God? What does it really mean to be born again into the nature of God? Be born again like a child. So let's talk about what does it mean to come as children. Matthew chapter 18, verse 2. Turn with there with me. Matthew chapter 18, verse 2. As children. Israel, they, they gave these, like I said, they gave these kids this blessed name. They served their family. They had to keep this low place. And when he speaks of the least, Jesus in this other passage says it this way. He says, And he called the child to himself and said, set himself before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And here's the extra verse. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself as a child will receive. Now remember, we know what the kingdom of heaven is. And we're looking for a future kingdom, but Jesus is saying it's right here, right now. And in order to really understand that, you've got to understand it as if you were a child. You've got to humble yourself to be as a child to even see it. To even, you know, you can go in the world today and talk about spiritual things. You can talk about, you can open up this book and say, wow, that verse really spoke to me today. It really did something inside of me. They won't have a clue what you're saying, right? Because they can't see it. They don't understand it. And when did you get too old to use your imagination? You remember? When did you... Now, some of us, we don't all believe in Santa Claus and all that, right? But some of your parents talked about Santa Claus. Remember when you... Maybe you remember when you stopped believing in Santa Claus or, or whatever. But when did you get too old even to stop pretending? You know, I remember I used to have the Hot Wheels. Man, I have, I, I have actually right now somewhere in my parents' house... Maybe it's our house. 300 and something, 400, 500 Hot Wheels. Man, I loved Hot Wheels. And I and, uh, used to collect them and all that. And you, I'd build cities. My whole house, my parents' house would be cities. You'd get down there, you pretend, here's the police car. When did you get too old to stop doing that? I thought about that when Jesus is saying this. And a movie clip, and we're going to get ready to show this movie clip, reminded me about, I've always thought this one clip in this movie. How many people have seen the movie Hook with Robin Williams about Peter Pan? All right, all the kids are raising their hand like, you know. Uh, in this movie, Peter Pan has forgotten who he was. He's forgotten how to pretend. He's all grown up, and he goes back to Neverland, and they're trying to teach him how to use his imagination again to remember what does it really mean to be a child again. And uh, let's show this clip real quick, Brother Jimmy. There is no food until he believed it. And sometimes that's the way it is with the kingdom. I always thought when I get to heaven, we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Every time I think about that verse, I think about this movie. I don't know why. I see all the beautiful food and all kinds of different colors, and we believed it, and it's there. It's this banquet of food. And in order for us to see the kingdom of God, 
to partake of what God is offering to give to you, to feed to you. You have to first believe it to receive it. Amen? And it's a lot of like that. Just like this, this movie, you've got to, to, before you can even partake of the things that God wants to give you, you've got to believe that they're there. You've got to believe in what God's Word says. And there are three things I want to break out this morning about what does it mean to be a child after God. And number one is follow Him. We're talking about follow Him, obey Him, and rely on Him real quick this morning. But it's easy. Children easily accept the truth. They're willing to forgive and they have joy in simple things, one author says. That's the thing about children. What does it really mean to be a child of God but to easily accept His truth, to be willing to forgive, to have joy in the simple things that God provides? And so I've been thinking this week, and I've got to spend a lot of time with Ari this week, and, and that's, that's like my sermon prep because I was preaching on this, and I was, every time she was playing and we went out in the yard, I was thinking about what we would speak on today. And the first thing I thought about was, number one, we have to follow Him. We've got to follow him. Uh, Ari always wants to do, and those of you who have children, they always want to do what you're doing. If I'm going outside, she wants to go outside. If Beth is doing the dishes, she wants to pull that chair right up and get up there and do the dishes with mom. It doesn't matter what we're doing. If I'm riding the floor, she wants to go. And when Jesus shows up at the disciples' door and he says, follow me, his children naturally follow And when Jesus shows up at your door and he says, follow me, what do you do? His children will naturally want to follow him. And I have to watch. We have to watch this. If I don't feel like I'm just naturally wanting to follow God, if I come to a situation in my life and there's a temptation there, or God says, hey, I want you to move from this place in your life to this place in your life. I want to take you deeper. And he says, I'm calling you here. I'm calling you to go talk to that person or stop doing this or do that. Do I naturally want to respond? Because his children do. His children naturally want to. That was why it was so easy for the disciples to lay it all down, leave the fishing nets, and just leave all and follow him because they were already his children. They had already been seeking him, wanting to be after him, and and children naturally want to follow their parents. Uh, Romans 8 Chapter, or chapter 8, verse 14 says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you've not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption. Everybody say adoption. A spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, which means Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified with Him. Am I being led by God's Spirit daily? Am I being led by God's Spirit daily? Do I wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? God, do, where are you at? And do I spend more time talking to my earthly parents than my heavenly Father? Who, do I, who am I really following in this world today? Who, where am I really going? Is it the media? Is it the, the things that I read? Is it the books that I understand? Is it the things that I hear from my friends? Or am I really every day seeking and saying, God, I want to follow you? Not just, okay, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. I got the Christian t-shirt. But I believe every day your heavenly Father wants to tell you things. I believe every day your Heavenly Father wants to grow you, to better you, to educate you, and to lead you into a place that He is preparing for you. And so, does the Spirit tell me 
by this following relationship that I'm, that I'm God's kid. There was times in my life where I would go, I, I knew that I wasn't living like I should be living behind the scenes, and you would come to church, and you would question, am I really saved? Now, some of you have grown up in a religious environment, and they tell you that your salvation is based on your works. And some, one moment you're saved, and the next moment you feel like you're going to burn in hell for eternity, and then you repent, and then you feel like you're saved for the next five minutes, and then you go back again, right? But that's not what Paul is really helping us to understand. He says there should be something inside of you because of your relationship with the Spirit of God that you know, you know you're saved. Now, if you don't know that today, I hope that by the end of the service you will. Because there's no one on this earth that can convince me that I'm not saved. Let me tell you, I don't have a doubt in my mind that I'm saved because the Spirit is bearing witness in here that I have a relationship with my Father. And He's speaking to me and He's comforting me. And do I act perfect all the time? No. Do I mess up quite often? Every day. But I know I'm His. Do you understand? We have to know that you know that you know that you're His. He'll let you know that. The Holy Spirit will let you know that. But you have to have a relationship with Him. It's not a Sunday morning, come in, sing a song and go home. That it's, there, took, there was a moment in my life that had to move me from just attending church to being the church. That I'm not just going into the house of God's family, but I am God's family. I'm in Him. And He's in me. And there's this thing happening here that we're going deeper together. And why do we follow Him? Because the Bible says that you've been made in His image, remade, born again, made in His image, to be like Him. Hopefully your children look like you. If not, we can talk later. (laughs) You are to be perfect, Jesus said, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You are to be perfect. Matthew 5, 48, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He says that we're children of light. Paul says we should walk as Jesus walked. What does it mean to be like Him? Things like forgive. My Father forgives. I should forgive. My Father speaks the truth. I should speak the truth. My Father's gentle. My Father overcomes evil. My Father loves all people. My Father is interested in expanding His kingdom. I should be just like my Father. I should want to follow my Father into the things that He's doing and so my life should be prioritized like Him. Think about the Pharisees. They unknowingly, they were believing one thing and they were doing another. Jesus is our example. And this is something to think about this morning, that Jesus is our example of what it means. God sent His Son to show you what it means to be His Son. You see? He sent His Son and called Himself Father so He could teach you, be an example to you, of what it meant to be a good son, a good daughter. And to call them Father. And he says, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You know what? I'm never perfect. Maybe my wife thinks so, but she's probably the one in the room who knows for sure I'm not perfect, right? Uh, She loves me even though I'm not perfect, hopefully, right? I know she does. Uh, But he says be perfect. You know what we do? Here's what I do. I thought, you know, I can't be perfect. I know we're going to never make perfect. And so what do you do? You feel like you give up. You settle for less. You settle for just living where you are. Maybe struggling with this sin for about 10, 20 years, knowing I'm a little prideful, knowing I'm a little arrogant, knowing a little off-color in my humor, knowing this or that. I got a few words I shouldn't say, but I do. Or I know I talk about them all the time, but they really need to be talked about. You know, whatever. Uh, I settle for it. Thinking the other day, your kids, 
if you have kids or you've had kids, you know they like to wear your shoes, right? Ari loves to wear our rubber boots. And she loves to wear those boots. Why? Because it makes her look like mom and dad, right? We both got two pairs of rubber boots at the back door. She'll put on one or the other. And she can't wear those perfectly. And oftentimes, she falls in trips, quite often. They don't stop her from trying. I should want to look like my dad even if I fall. Even if I stumble. I want to try to wear his shoes. Amen? Amen. Even if I, I, I can't always act right, even if I don't always talk right, it doesn't stop the drive in his children from wanting to be like him, just to pretend to be like Jesus, just to, to keep on going. And if I fall, just put his boots back on and keep on walking in his footsteps. Paul said, I haven't attained that perfection yet, but I press forward for the upward call of being just like Jesus Christ. You just keep walking, church. You don't give up your, in your pursuit of perfection. Even though you know it's, it seems like insanity and you think, I'll never get over this. I'll never get... But you know what? As the day goes on, you'll get better at walking in His shoes. You'll grow up a little bit. You'll get a little bit older. You'll know how to take a step after the other. But even if we falter, keep following Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. The next thing is obey Him. We follow Him, then we've got to obey Him. Christ said that to be like a child, it doesn't mean to be childish or immature or unlearned. That's not what He says when He says be like a child. It's not about, oh, I don't have to read the Bible. I don't really have to know what my dad says. He'll tell me. Or, or I don't always have to be perfect. No, He's saying it's speaking of this unspoiled child that really illustrates this humility and this faithfulness on God. You know, when you have a child and they're learning their words, they believe whatever you say. If I said, Ari, this is a duck, she would say duck, even though I know this is a dove, sort of. You know, uh, whatever they say, if this is hot, that's hot. If that's cold, that's cold. They believe and take it at face value. Now, sometimes they don't always do what you say. That's a whole other story. But they believe you become their teacher. And when God steps on the scene and he gives us his word, he says, this is how I'm defining happiness. This is how I'm defining marriage. This is how I'm defining love. Sacrificial, unconditional. Not like the world defines it, but I'm defining it for you. This is how I'm defining your future, your hope. This is how I'm defining lasting relationship and peace. I'm telling you what the definition of everything in the world that you need to know is. And so if we don't read this word, if we don't know it, if we don't let him teach us even by the Holy Spirit, how do you know if that stove's hot? Unless you keep getting burnt all the time, you really realize one day, maybe this is hot. Maybe I shouldn't touch this. Maybe that sin, it, it ain't too good for me anymore. But God has listed a better way. He's a good father. He tells you what to do and not to do. And even if it says, turn the other cheek, and you don't want to, you want to say it right back at him. You want to defend yourself. You don't want to go that extra mile. He says, this is what's going to be better. Just trust me. But yet, all that, it's shiny. I want to touch it. It's a knife. It's sharp. Don't touch it. Right? We, we don't realize so many times we're just like those children. But do we heed his word as if, as if a child? First Peter, our men's group, was reading this on Wednesday. It says, To be as obedient children, not conform to the old lusts of your life, to be holy like your heavenly Father, and to uh, rely on His Word even as a baby relies on milk. 
that you need this word to survive, church. If you're not reading this on a daily basis, you're dying. Be honest. You gotta need this. You gotta long for it. You gotta cry for it. You gotta laugh for it. You get a bottle in front of a baby, they're crying, it'll satisfy. They'll see that bottle, they'll light up. It'll be joy, it'll fulfill them. It, this word is all that you need for true peace, for true joy, for true life everlasting. Obey Him. He, Jesus said, if you love Him, you'll obey Him. Whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, He is my brother, my sister, my mother, my family. Matthew twelve fifty. So many don't read His Word, and so many think they know it, but yet they don't do it. But the Word of God is life. It helps me commit myself to God. It helps my life to have true meaning. You know, God doesn't have any illegitimate children. There's like this move, you know, you see someone, they get the, I don't know, they win a bunch of money or they're really rich. They'll have people knock on the door and say, hey, you're my dad, you know, right? God didn't have that. God knows whose children are His because they look like Him, they act like Him, and He knows whose are His. There's none of this, this uh, you're my daddy, and He's like, I don't know, you sure that I am? Because you don't look like my kid, right? Because He's looking at our lives, and He says, if you look like my kid and act like my kid, I know you're my kid, and you know you're my kid. There's none of this questionable stuff between God and, and, and like there is with the world. There's a spiritual DNA test that He'll do, Right? Not what the world tries to do. There, there's a spiritual DNA test, and he says, well, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll be my child. I'll adopt you, right? You're my child because you want to be my child. You act like my child. You look like my child. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who's at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. He's inside of you, the Holy Spirit. But then he says, do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you will prove, everybody say prove, prove yourself to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And you will appear as lights in the world. Hold fast the word of life. Prove yourself a child of God. You're questioning it? Holy Spirit, come into me today. Prove to me. Let me know I'm His child. I want to be like Him. I want to walk like Him. I want to talk like Him. Know this Word. You know, there are, the other, there are other religions today, whether it be Muslim or even the Mormons, they have to memorize their work. They have to memorize their books. Even the Jews, youngest kids, have to be able to quote most of the Old Testament. We are so lazy. Can I be honest? We are, I, I am lazy at memorizing my word, right? We got to know this book. This is the truth. This is life. This is the salvation of this entire world. And we of all people have the truth. The Mormons don't have it. The Muslims don't have it. The Buddhists don't have it. And yet we hold the truth in our lives. And it, but do I know it? Do I read it? Is it inside of me? It says, it is the word of life. Prove yourself to be a child of God. What kind of children are we? You know, it's not always easy. Matthew 5, he says, you've you got to love your enemies. You've got to pray for those who persecute, persecute you. That's not going to be hard. But he says in verse 45, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. You've got to look, look like and obey your Father to be 
a child of God. You've got to look like his kid. You've got to act like his kid. And you've got to know his word. Did my dad really say that? There's probably some things we could test ourselves with here today. And I could ask you, did God say this? Is that really in the Bible? There's a lot of phrases that we all quote sometimes that are in the Bible, right? There's a lot of things that we do. And they say, well, what did dad say? Did dad really say that or not? Is that really a book in the Bible? Is that, I don't know, we could probably ask ourselves. I could probably name some weird ancient names. Is that a book in the Bible? Do I know my dad's word? When, when you call your dad on the phone, can you tell that's your dad talking? Right? Those of you who can remember your dad's voice, maybe they're gone long before, but if you heard a recording, you'd stop. And you'd recognize that's my dad's voice. Same here. Church, can you recognize, is it a quote from the book of the Quran? Or is it a quote from the Bible? Is it a quote from the Book of Mormon, or is it a quote from the Bible? Is it your Father's words? Does that, is that thing that we're doing, does it represent my Father up in heaven? What kind of children are we? Do we rebel, or do we rely on His Word? Do we love His commands, or do we love to compromise? Lastly is rely on Him. Rely on Him. He says child, or, or babe, when Jesus says it, He's reflecting weakness. When we call ourselves His children, it means I'm weak without Him. It means uh, I'm nothing without Him. When you become someone's child, you're dependent on them. And when He says, you're my children, He says, you're children of God. Babe here, this infant word, it means those who are weak. Those who cannot sufficiently care for themselves. You know, that's a problem a lot of times in America because we are the most self-sufficient people. We, we, we are independent, we're proud, we're American strong, you know, we're, we're bold, we're going to ingenuity, we're going to build, better build, somebody, the terrorists knock it down, we're going to build it twice as strong. That's just our spirit. But that can also get us in trouble in the kingdom perspective, because it means that we've got to rely on our Heavenly Father. This nation today, it looks at the face of God and says, if they fight it, God might allow the enemy to attack us. And we just keep saying, well, we'll build stronger, we'll do better, God. We're, we're looking at the world and we're saying, we're going to survive, you can't knock us down. But at the same time, what we're supposed to be saying is saying, we rely on God to be our strength. God is our protection. God is all that we need. I am nothing without Him. He is my shield. He is my strength. He is my strong tower. He is my defense. Because we have to look at the church today, and we can't have the same American mentality that this world has, church. We've got to say, God is at the center of this church. God is at the center of my family. I'm not nothing without my Father which is in heaven. Hallowed be His name. His kingdom come. His will be done. Because Think about a child. They rely on you for food, for shelter, for clothing, for love, everything. You become your child's strength. You are their everything. And they don't even know it half the time. They don't know where the cable bill is paid. I don't know how God provides the rain all the time. I don't know how God does the things in my life that He does. I don't understand how that light bulb really works. There's a lot of things I don't know, but we just take for granted and we just accept it, Right? But so many times we go through life and we're doing things on our own. And God, I'm working. I'm, I'm trying to provide for my family. God, I'm, I'm trying to get food on the table. God, my health is failing, but I'm going to the doctor and I'm doing all the things. And I'm exercising. All these things we begin to consume ourselves with taking care of ourselves. But Heavenly Father, He says in Luke chapter 11, verse 10, He says, Everyone who asks, we read this morning, receives. He who seeks will find. Who knocks, it'll be open. And if you're a father, and if you ask uh, you know, if your son asks you for a fish, you won't give him a snake. And if he asks 
for an egg. You're not going to give him a scorpion. But if you being evil, worldly, fleshly, not holy, if you're, one of the, if you're from the earth and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give His Spirit, His Comforter, His Teacher, His Counselor, His Provider? How much more will He bless you with every spiritual blessing from the heavens because you can be in His kingdom? You see, heaven has come to earth. You live under the authority, the reign, the realm of a king. A new kingdom that you can't see, nor can the world see. But if there's different principles in here, you're behind different walls, you're, there's different kinds of provision. You, the world's storehouse may lack, but your heavenly Father, you're inside His kingdom walls. His storehouse never ends. You might be attacked from all sides from the things of this world, but you realize, I'm behind my heavenly Father's fortify wells. Nobody can touch my soul, my spirit. What can man do to me? Whom shall I fear? No matter if everything, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nobody can separate me from my Father's love. I'm in the spiritual kingdom now. Matthew chapter 6, he says it, but you know what? It's not just spiritual. You've got to rely on him even in the physical because he does care about the physical. Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds. Don't they sow? They don't sow nor reap. But are, they sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they? He goes on, for Gentiles, the people of the world, they seek all these kinds of things, food and clothes and material possessions, but your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness And all these things will be added to you. Seek first the reign of God in your life. Seek first the relationship with God in your life. And seek first the realm of God in your life. That I am inside the authority of my God. I am underneath the authority of the King. I am in His dominion, His domain. I am inside of His protection of His walls. And I'm in relationship with Him. That's what it means to be in the kingdom. And he says, he knows you need those things even before you ask it. He knows it. He's going to provide. Don't lose faith. Just like that child, just trust him. You may not see it. You may not understand it. You may not know where the next meal is coming from, how God's going to pay that light bill. But trust me, God's got it. God's got just have faith because just like that food, you don't see it, but you've got to believe it's there. You've got to believe that God's going to do it, and you'll honor Him in doing so. You'll honor Him in doing it. It may not come the way you think it. It might come from another person in the church. It might come from that, that, that situation just opening up and God changing it around. It may come because God changes something in you, and He changes the way you do things and shows you a better way. We don't know, but listen to Him because there is peace in your daddy's arms. There is comfort. Every night when we sing our, our daughter to sleep, we'll sing Jesus Loves Me every night. Pray your prayers with her. She just, no cares in the world. No cares in the world. I was thinking about that. Man, do I just come into God's presence and just let it go? That worry, you know when Paul says, he says, when you come to God, give, let all the worries and anxieties, the cares, they all go away, and that peace that passes understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Let all of it go. We sang a song this morning, Give Myself Away. My life is not my own. To you I belong. Give it all away. Just give it to Dad. Give it to your Heavenly Father. And you can read this verse over your life, Psalm 62. I'm going to ask our worship team to come.
Psalm 62, verse 1. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock, my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. We are not sufficient in ourselves, church. I don't care how grown up we are, how old we are. We are not sufficient without our Heavenly Father. He is my rock, my shelter, my strong tower, my fortress. In Him, we will never be shaken. Do you need peace today? Do you need comfort today? God is here. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to show you how much He loves you. Let's just bow our heads and just wait on the Lord for His Holy Spirit to come in this place. Nobody moving around. Every eye closed, head bowed. Let's just focus on our Heavenly Father. Let's just focus on our Dad up in heaven today. He says, unless you receive the kingdom of heaven as a child, you can't enter it at all. God has hidden things from so-called wise people. We think we become a teenager. We think we know it all. We're not so much different. We think we know it all. But the Bible says He's revealed Himself to His children, to the least. The Pharisees had no faith and no sense of God's Spirit. They relied on their own merit, their own self-righteousness, their own ability, their own power, their own hands. But He says you can't enter the kingdom unless you become humble, unless you become the least, unless you become the faithful, the obedient, the one who relies on Me, the one who obeys Me, the one who follows Me, even if they're not perfect. They have a desire to go where I go, to hear my word. Have you received the rule and the reign of God in your life? Has the Holy Spirit made you born again into a new nature to see God as your heavenly Father, to know that you know that you know that you're saved? What are you concerned with today? Are you willing to part with your self-reliance? Some of us are trying to get ourselves out of a jam, out of a situation. Some of us are trying to change our own natures to be better people, but we're doing it apart from the Spirit of God. And you've been struggling for many years. God just wants you to let it go and let Him make you born again, alive in Christ. But that new nature, renew your mind by His Spirit. Something you cannot do on your own. You've been struggling for so long. How come I'm not perfect like my Father? He wants to do it in you. He wants to bless you and teach you. He wants to provide for you. Some of us men carrying a burden, trying to provide for your family, trying to do it all on your own, and you're just born, you're just weighed heavy. Mom, you're trying to hold the family together, trying to keep it all going. Your Father up in heaven wants you to rely on Him, to let it go. And just come to Him as a child and just show your love for Him. He already knows your need. He's going to take care of it. We just come to our dad. We just want to be with our mom. We just want to rest in their arms and, and, and enjoy being with them. Being lavished in their love. It's that simple. It's that simple. Jesus, Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Father, I pray your kingdom come, your will be done in every family represented here today, every person's life, every child, every man, woman. Your will be done in their life, God. 
you would provide for them, give us their daily bread, the Word and the Spirit. God, that you would forgive them, Lord, as they forgive others and they forgive themselves, God, that they would just let everything go, be loving like you love, God. And Father, I pray for deliverance today, God, that there would be those that need deliverance in their life, God. You are the deliverer. You rescue your children. You provide for your children. Let them come to you today, God, and rely on you. That you would receive all the glory in their life. You're here today and you say, Pastor Heath, I really don't have that sense of belonging with God. I don't have that that testifying in me. I really don't know that I'm saved. I don't have that feeling, and I really want it. And I want to have peace with God today and to know that I'm saved. And maybe you, you're coming to God for the first time. Maybe it's coming again after a long season or, or whatever it may be. But you say, if I die today, I don't have the, the security, the sense of belonging that I need to know that I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. If that's you. You just raise your hand. I want to pray over you today. That's you. Just look at me. Raise your hand. And, and uh, we're just real quick before we move on to the next one. But if that's you today... Amen. Thank you. Jesus. Anybody else want that sense of belonging? To know that you know that you know. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord God. Father God, you know these hearts, you know these lives. Father, for those that, that are, are in that place, God, I pray right now, Lord, they would just pray a prayer just like this after, after me, God, with their own heart. Lord, that we believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We believe that He came, that He died on the cross for our sins, that He rose on the third day, God, that He is seated at the right hand of the Father. God, that He atoned for my sins, that He, that he, that he took it away. God, and I come to You in faith and I repent of my sins. I ask Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life, the center, my Savior, my Lord, my friend. God, that You would help me every day to be just like you. Lord, I strive. Lord, help me as I I give my life to you, to walk with you, to read your word, to pray. God, to be in relationship with you before religion. Lord, and I know I'm not going to be perfect every day, but God, if you'll help me, let me keep moving forward. I want to know you. Save me.